Listening Society, a podcast dedicated to suspense, crime, and horror stories from the golden age of radio. I'm Eric. I'm Tim. And I'm Joshua. We love mysterious old-time radio stories, but do they stand the test of time? That's what we're here to find out. It's November, and we're spending Thanksgiving month expressing our deepest gratitude to you, our mysterious listeners. Today, we give particular thanks to one of our Patreon supporters, Joseph Everett. Joseph supports the podcast at our highest level, making him a mysterious master of the society. As a reward, we invited Joseph to join us for a discussion of an episode of his choosing. Joseph chose the story The Silent Avenger from the Orson Welles era of The Shadow. In lieu of appearing on the podcast, Joseph asked us to share a little about his history with old-time radio. Joseph writes, My grandfather has been gone for nearly 20 years, and he was a huge influence to me growing up. One of his favorite things was listening to The Shadow. He would put an episode on every time I came over to his house. Last year, when I was asked to compile audio files of The Shadow for his memorial, I was honored, but I just didn't know where to begin. That's how I happened to come across morals. The way you guys describe both the history and your own personal thoughts about each episode has helped me grow a passion for old-time radio. Thanks to this insight, I've really felt closer to my grandfather, and I can't thank you guys enough. That's a great story, Joseph. Thank you for sharing it, and thank you for supporting the podcast. And now let's listen to The Silent Avenger from The Shadow, first aired March 13th, 1938. It's late at night, and a chill has set in. You're alone, and the only light you see is coming from an antique radio. Listen to the sounds coming from the speaker, listen to the music, and listen to the voices. (laughs) The shadow knows. Again, Blue Coal Dealers present radio's strangest adventurer, The Shadow. Mystery man who strikes terror into the very hearts of shopsters, lawbreakers, and criminals. Today, Blue Coal brings you The Shadow's latest adventure, The Silent Avenger. The Shadow's exciting adventure begins in just a moment. But first, I'd like to remind you homeowners that right now, when winter is changing into spring is the most treacherous time of all the year. But you can protect your family's health and save valuable dollars by burning blue coal. It's Pennsylvania's finest anthracite. Order a trial ton from your nearest blue coal dealer tomorrow. And if you want to read The Adventures of the Shadow in complete novel form, in addition to numerous detective stories, crime problems, and features, simply write us for your copy of The Shadow Magazine, absolutely free. Remember, all you have to do is mail a penny postcard to Blue Coal, 120 Broadway, New York City, or to Blue Coal in care of this station. Send for your free copy of the Shadow Magazine tonight. Brecker, you have been duly tried by a jury and found guilty of murder in the first degree. You now appear in this court that sentence may be passed upon you. But before I pronounce sentence, have you anything to say? Yeah. Yeah, I have. Before you pass sentence on me, I'm going to pass sentence on you. You, Judge Wilson, I'm slow in the prosecuting attorney. I know it's 12 good and true saps on a jury. And then one more, maybe. The guy that really trapped me in the first place. The only guy smart enough to get me. The Shadow. That will do, Joseph Brickland. You have nothing to say in your own behalf. This is in my own behalf, and you'd better listen, all of you. I know I'm on my way to that death house to the chair. But I'm warning you. 
For every day I sit in a death house, one of you will be killed. Starting with the foreman of the jury. And if the governor doesn't commute my sentence to life, he'll die the day I burn. Order! Order in the court! Joseph Brecker, by the power vested in me by the people of this state, I hereby order you to be taken to the state penitentiary. There to be delivered over to the warden. By whom on a certain day determined by this court, he shall in the manner prescribed by law put you to death. And may God have mercy on your soul. Court is adjourned. All right, come on, clear the court. Outside. Well, it's a sheer bluff, I tell you. How can Brecker kill a whole jury? The DA. Judge Wilson. Even the governor. I tell you, he's crazy. Yeah, you bet. Brecker's gang are all dead or in jail. I know, but you can't get that Yes, I know, but he's never seen the shadow. He could appear right in this courtroom and not be seen. I'd hate to have anybody like that. Margot, let's get out of here. Must be very flattering to inspire such awe. It has its disadvantage, Margot. Unfortunately, the mystery surrounding the shadow inspires fear and terror in the innocent as well as the guilty. The unknown is so often associated with evil. There's no help for it. The shadow must remain a shadow. Lamont, what do you think of Brecker's threat? Do you think it's just luck? I wish I did, Margot. Mm. Meaning... Lamont Cranston is going to don the shadow's cloak and call on Joe Brecker... In prison. Your brother is see you, Brecker. Okay. Hello, Danny. Hello, Joe. You got five minutes. Gotta make the most of it. Deputies are here from the state pen to take you bye bye to the big house. I'll be back. Uh, All right. Come on in, Danny. Sit on the bunk. I want to talk to you. You ain't much time. Hey, it's like a cage where they keep animals, huh, Joe? Stay off that, Danny. Okay, don't get sore. Sit down here and listen to what I got to say. Are they going to kill you, Joe? Yeah, but they're going to pay for it, every last one of them. You know who they are, don't you? I told you over and over again. Yeah, Joe, you told me. And you know what you're to do. You remember everything I told you. Don't you, Danny? Yeah, yeah, Joe, I remember. I won't forget. When the newspapers say they put you in a death house, I kill one of them. That's right, Danny. And don't forget, these people I told you about, the judge, the jury, that prosecuting attorney are the same ones that drafted you into the army, sent you over to France, let you get shell-shocked so it's hard for you to remember things. Sure. I won't forget. Hey, will it hurt much when they kill you, Joe? Stop that, will you? Okay, okay, I just want to know. You just keep your mind on the jury and Judge Wilson. Maybe even the governor. You'll get them all, eh, Danny? Yeah. Yeah, Joe. They won't know what hit them. <laughs> That's the stuff, Danny. Well, I'll just one more thing. There's a guy that may get after you. He's smarter than the cops. He's the one that really got me. You gotta keep away from him. Don't give him a chance to find you. Well, how can I do that? You gotta keep away from home. Don't go near the flat of the old lady. But Ma will worry if I don't come home No, night. no, she won't, Danny. She'll know you got things to do. All right, Joe. What about the fellow I can't see? Is he dead? Like all my buddies in the war? The ones that talk to me in the dark? No, no, Danny. This guy's different. He ain't dead, he's alive. You can hear his voice, only you can't see him. But if you ever hear his voice, you'll know he's near you. Somewhere in the shadows. Yeah. <laughs> if he talks to me... I'll fix him, Joe. Sure, but not the way you're going to get the others, Danny. Because you can't see him, see? Now, look. You know those old hand grenades you have at home? Yeah. Well, I want you to carry a couple with you. If this guy ever finds you, if he tries to stop you paying him off for killing me, you just pull the pin of a hand grenade and throw it where you think his voice is coming from. That'll get him. All right, Joe. But how will I know when it's him? You'll know all they think. He has a queer kind of laugh. And he calls himself the Shadow. All right, Brigham. Time's up. Come on, you. Okay, okay. So long, Danny. Don't you forget anything. So long, Joe. I wouldn't forget. I wouldn't forget nothing at all. Come on, you. I'll just pick it up. <laughs> that poor dope. <laughs> 
They'll do it all right. They'll fix him. Every last one of them if I burn. Who's that? I heard somebody, but there's nobody there. Hey, God! Are you surprised to find me here, Joe Brecker? Shut up. <laughs> so you weren't expecting me. And yet prisons are filled with shadows. Shadows in the minds of men walking in the shadow of death itself. What do you want? You put me here, sent me to the chair. Why can't you let me alone? Because your career of murder is not over. Because I know you mean to carry out the threat you made in court. Yeah. Yeah, you can't stop me, Shadow. I can. Because you're going to tell me how the jury, the prosecuting attorney... Judge Wilson are going to be killed. You're crazy. I'm not telling you anything, Shadow. I'm not afraid of you anymore. I got nothing to lose. You are telling me, Brecker. Yeah. You see, I can read your mind. One thought is racing through your mind now. It's mirrored in your eyes, etched on your brain. You're lying, trying to trick me into telling you. All right, I'll tell you what you're thinking about. You're thinking of a man he... He acts strangely. He's... He's shell-shocked. No. Am I right? No, no, stop it. This man is very close to you. I've got it. He's your brother. His name is... Let's see. Danny. Danny, isn't it? No, no, go away. Leave me alone. Thinking that even now your brother, Danny, is hurrying home to get a high-powered rifle out of a trunk. Is that true? A rifle equipped with telescopic sights no. and a silencer. You're thinking of Danny's medals for marksmanship. His decorations for valor as a sniper. A sniper so cunning he could hide in an open battlefield. No, I... Pick his enemies off at long range and no. not be seen. That's all I need to know, Brecker. All I need to know. <laughs> no. No, you're crazy. You're just guessing. All right, suppose he is. You won't find him. You won't stop him, Shadow. Right, What's the matter with you? Who do you think you're talking to? It's a shadow. He's here in the prison. Uh, well, don't let that worry you, Brecker. There's plenty of shadows where you're going. Come on. Deputies are waiting, and you're heading for the last mile. Look, Mr. Hanson, every one of you jurors are in danger. You shouldn't be here on the street. This death threat may seem like a lot of hooey to you, but I've been assigned to guard you. And if anything happens, they'll send me back to pounding a beat. Well, I'm sorry, Inspector, but I've got my business to attend to, and I can't hide in my office. <gasps> Hanson, what's the matter, man? Oh, Mr. Man, look at him. He's coming down. What's the matter with that man? What's going on here? Keep back. Get back. Everything. Uh, who are you? Greg, homicide squad. Man's been shot. Ah, oh, you're crazy. I didn't hear no shot. I Neither did I. But just the same, he's got a bullet right between the eyes. Looks like Joe Brecker is keeping his word. Lamont, can't you do something? Can't you find Danny Brecker? No. No, Marguerite. He got away. He hasn't been near his mother's home since his brother Joe went to the death house. again. I've got to find it. Good morning, Mr. O'Hara. I'd like some oranges and potatoes. Good heavens, Mrs. Adams. What are you doing out in the street? I thought the police had detectives watching every one of you jurors that was on the breaker case. Oh, they've got a detective staying at my house, but I had to have some things for dinner and I slipped out. Mother, can I have some candy? Yes, dear, of course you can. You just... Oh, Mother, Mother, what's the matter? 
Why don't you send to me? Tram! Tram! Uh, Quick, phone the police. Get a doctor. Mrs. Adams has been shot. Oh, I'm afraid she's dead. Yes, the killer has struck again. Well, Judge Wilson. Yes, are we? Judge, don't you think it would be... Well, safer with a killer still at large if you had those window curtains closed. Oh, that's not necessary. This apartment's on the 20th floor. Yeah, I know, Your Honor, but just the same, I... I'll answer, sir. Hello? Yes, Judge Wilson is right here, Your Excellency. Well, the governor's on the wire, sir. Here you are. Hello? Oh, yes, Governor. Yes, of course you couldn't commute Joe Brecker's sentence. If you did a thing like that, even to save the rest of the jury, there'd be no more law and order. But look, Governor, don't you think it'd be wise for you to cancel your engagement to ride in the parade tomorrow? It'd be in an open car and a perfect target for any... Judge! Judge Wilson! Governor! Governor! Judge Wilson has just been shot! He... He's dead! Shadow will continue with his adventure in just a moment. In the meantime, here is a message of particular importance to families throughout this area who supply their own heat. We are now in a period of the year when all fuels are put to their severest test. However, homeowners who use blue coal have nothing to worry about because blue coal, which is especially prepared for home use, is better qualified to meet sudden changes of weather than other fuels. During mild weather, Blue coal banks for long periods with little attention. Then blue coal immediately responds with minimum draft, sending a uniform supply of heat throughout the living quarters of the home. Because blue coal burns down to a fine powdery ash, it is not only an economical fuel, but a particularly clean fuel as well. Furthermore, blue coal is an American product, mined in Pennsylvania by the Glen Alden Coal Company. Unlike a good many other fuels sold in this area, Blue coal is prepared exclusively for home use. So that you can be sure of getting more uniform, more economical heat, blue coal is act color so that you can identify it at a glance. There has been a big swing this winter to blue coal throughout this territory. Sales of blue coal this winter in the Middle Atlantic and New England states show an increase of 10.4% over sales for the same period a year ago. So take a tip from these blue coal families. For better, more economical heat, switch to Blue Coal tomorrow. Ask for it by name. Order a trial ton from your nearest Blue Coal dealer, whose name will be found in the Where to Buy It section of your classified telephone directory under the name Blue Coal. Hello, Lamont. It'll take you long to get here. Let me help you out of the car. I was waiting for your call, Lamont. As a matter of fact, I've been waiting for days. Where have you been? What are you doing? The same thing the entire police force this city's been doing, Margot. Chasing a will of the whip. Are you sure it's Joe Brecker's brother, Danny? Yes, I don't think any doubt of it, but the police can't find him, and I haven't a single clue to go on. What do you know about him? I looked up his record. He was shell-shocked during a war in France. He was an expert marksman, a sniper. Society trained him to kill men. They told him they were enemies, that he should kill them off. And now, with a shell-shocked mind, he's remembering what society taught him. To kill. Yes. And another thing, for the people who've been through that experience, life is cheap. Yes, but these poor people he shot and killed, the jurors and the judge, they were only doing their duty, they're innocent. Yes, individually they're innocent, Margot. Individually, we're all innocent, and yet, all guilty. Because this Danny, Jill Brecker's brother, is a product of our own folly. Teaching men to kill in time of war, and yet expecting them to respect life in time of peace. Lamont, why did you want me to meet you here? Oh, I, I want you to do something for me, Margot. We should go into that brownstone house right over there. Jill Brecker's mother lives in the basement. Yes. Joe is scheduled to die at 5 o'clock. It's exactly 10 minutes from now. All right, Lamont. I'll do it. 
Where will you be? I'll be with you, Margot. There's the shadow. I have a feeling Danny may come to his mother tonight, either just before or just after his brother dies. Hurry, I've less than ten minutes. Here's the house. I'll ring the bell. So not what shall I tell her, that I'm a reporter? Yes, but don't try to make her answer questions. I hear someone coming. Yes? What do you want? Mrs. Brecker, I'd like to speak to you. May I come in? I don't care. You can come in if you want to. Doesn't it matter? Nothing matters anymore. Nothing will ever matter again. I know you've been through a terrible ordeal these past days, Mrs. Brecker. How could you know what I've been through? How could anyone know? My one son a murderer and the other one... Goodness only knows what or where. Quandy, sorry. If there's anything I can do. In three minutes, they'll be killing my son, Joe. There's nothing anyone can do. It's his brother, Daniel. I'm so worried about him. Why doesn't he come? Oh, why doesn't he come home? Ah. Oh, Danny. Yeah. Oh. I come. Joe said I shouldn't. But I had to come. I knew you'd want me home tonight. Danny, Danny, where have you been? What's Joe been making you do? I've just been doing what Joe told me to do for him. Ma, who's that girl there? What's she doing well, there? Well, why, she, she's just a friend, Danny. Just a friend. Come to sit with me. She won't tell nobody you've been here, will she? Oh, no, no, Danny. She won't tell anyone. Ma. They're going to kill Joe in a few minutes. Five o'clock. And then i got to go out and do one more thing for Joe. Look, it's almost time. Oh, no. No, Danny, no. You, you can't. I won't let you. Let go of me, Ma. No, don't. Let go of me. Danny. i got to do what Joe told me. i got to keep my word to Joe. No, no, Danny, listen to me. I know. I know who's been killing those people, shooting them. Oh, you've got to give yourself up, Danny. They won't hurt you. They didn't know. You didn't know what you were doing. Five o'clock. It's time. It's time. Five o'clock. Joe's dead. Now I gotta go back to the tower and do the last thing Joe wanted me to do for him. Danny, don't. You've done enough harm. You keep out of this. Joe told me to do this. I gotta. I can still hear a voice telling me to do it. Now you'll hear a voice telling you not to, Danny. Voice. I know. You're the shadow. Yes, Danny. And for your own sake, your mother's sake, Danny. Joe told me what to do with you. He knew you'd find me. That's why I got this hand grenade. Danny, go. Pick up my fist on the fire and tin. I'm going to pull it out. Stop, Danny. I'm warning you. The voice came from there. In the corner. Joe told me to throw the grenade. Oh, my shadow. It's all right. I managed to pick up the grenade and throw it through the window into the court before it exploded. Oh, thank you. I don't mind saying that's the closest call the shadow ever had. Lamont, how long have you been here in your office? What happened? Were you able to trail Danny to his hiding place? No, by the time I got to the street after that hand grenade episode, he disappeared. But haven't you any idea where he went? Where that tower you mentioned might be? No, I've been working on this enlarged map of the Midtown section, trying to find some tall building, some tower Danny Breckers had used to hide to pick off the governor. Danny said something about a tower. He, It must be somewhere along the line of March of today's parade, Lamont. Margot, that's the Wardman Tower. But it isn't finished. They stopped work on it. It's nothing but a steel frame. What could be a better place for a sharpshooter like Danny Brecker? There's no work going on there. Just a watchman down on the street level. Margot, it's a long chance, but it may be the answer. Come on, there's a minute to lose. My car's downstairs, Lamont. I'll drive you over there. But what if he isn't there? What if he's somewhere else waiting to strike? In that case, Margot, I'm afraid we'll have a new governor of this state. Just a couple of minutes now, Joe. 
Just a couple of minutes, and the governor's car will come along. And then I'll do the last thing you asked me to do, Joe. Wind velocity zero. Range 300 yards. He'll die quick, Joe. Like you died. Yeah. The governor's coming now, Joe. That's his automobile with all the flags on it. That's him, sitting in the back with all those fellas around him. But I can pick him out. I won't miss Joe. <laughs> Danny. Danny Brecker. Listen to me. What was that? Who said that? Who laughed like that? Don't you recognize the shadow, Danny? But Joe said... He said the hand grenade would fix you. You see, Danny, your brother was wrong. Put down that rifle, Danny Brecker. How did you find me way up here? How did you know I was hiding up here among these steel girders? Just like I used to hide in the trees in the war. That doesn't matter, Danny Brecker. All that matters is that you must not kill any more people. But I got to. Just one more, Shadow. Just one more. The governor. Down there in that car. I promised Joe. No, Danny. You will never keep that promise. Put down that rifle. Put it down, Danny. Lay it down on that steel girder and crawl back to the catwalk. All right. All right. I'll put it down. I'll put it down. Where are you, Shadow? I still got another grenade. Talk to me, Shadow. Say something so I can tell where you are. Crawl back to the catwalk, Danny. Crawl back to the catwalk, I say. No. No, I won't. I won't. You can't make me. Come here and get me if you want me, Shadow. I don't want to have to do that, Danny. Don't you come near me, Shadow. Don't you touch me. If you do, I'll drop this hand grenade. I'll throw it down here among all those people. I'll kill dozens of them. There. I'll pull the pin. I'll throw it. Danny. Listen to me. Hold that hand grenade, Danny. Hold it tight, Danny Brecker. See your fingers tighten about it. Your mind obeys mine. Do you hear me, Danny? Danny, hold it. Don't throw that hand grenade. Hold it. Hold it tight. Don't throw it. Don't drop it. Don't drop it, Danny. Don't drop it, Danny. Don't drop it, Danny. Don't drop it. Yes, Commissioner Weston. A high-powered rifle fell into the street, fell right in front of the governor's car. Where no one was hurt. Mm -hmm. This is the 30th floor. This is where the bomb went off. Blew the guy to pieces. Good heavens, he must have had a time bomb went off too quick. Any idea who it was? Yeah. They found an identification card and some newspaper clippings in his pocket on what was left of him. It was Danny Brecker, Joe Becker's brother. Oh. Well, I guess that's that. Don't suppose we'll ever know what really happened. Anyway, there's one consolation. Looks as if the shadow fell down on this case just as badly as we did. Not quite, Commissioner Weston. Oh, so you got here in time to take credit for this, eh, Shadow? There is no credit. No glory in the death of Danny Brecker, Commissioner Weston. He was a victim. A human instrument of destruction. Fashioned by mankind that teaches men to kill their enemies in time of war, yet expects them to forget their murderous art in time of peace. Danny Brecker was an enemy of society, a killer. But only because you and I and countless thousands made him one. No, Commissioner. <laughs> 
in this for you, or the shadow, or for any man. Now, Mr. John Barclay, Blue Coal's heating expert, has a few words of valuable information for you. Thank you, Ken Roberts. Good evening, friends. This summer, you no longer need to skimp on your hot water to save money on gas bills. Now it's possible for you to have from three to five times more hot water than ever before without any increase in cost. In fact, I'm sure I can tell you of a way to guarantee a greater supply of hot water at lower cost. As the first step toward an unlimited supply of really hot water, ask your blue coal dealer about hot water tank heaters sometimes described as bucket-a-day stoves. These heaters are very inexpensive and can be installed at a reasonable cost. Today, these heaters can be installed with an automatic draft regulator, which greatly increases the heater's efficiency and further reduces the fuel bill. Heaters equipped with regulators not only help to maintain a supply of uniformly hot water, but they also make the operation of the heater practically automatic. Your blue coal dealer will be glad to tell you all about these heaters and quote a price on the size best suited to your requirements. I thank you. Thank you, Mr. Barclay. And friends, follow Mr. Barclay's advice. And remember this. You can show blue coal and the shadow just how much you really enjoy this program by mailing the request for your free and postpaid copy of the Shadow magazine tonight. I'll repeat the address. Blue coal... 120 Broadway, New York City, or Blue Coal in care of the station to which you are listening. Don't forget, mail your letter or postcard tonight. And for better heat at less cost, phone your nearest Blue Coal dealer tomorrow. You have just heard a dramatized version of one of the many copyrighted stories which appear in the Shadow magazine. All the characters and all the places named are fictitious. Any similarity to persons living or dead is purely coincidental. Time, same station, Blue Coal, America's finest anthracite, again presents another thrilling adventure of the shadow. Be sure to listen and be sure to burn Blue Coal, the solid fuel for solid comfort. This is the mutual broadcast. That was The Silent Avenger from The Shadow here on the Mysterious Old Radio Listening Society podcast. Once again, I'm Eric. I'm Tim. And I'm Joshua. That comes to us from our Patreon supporter, Joseph Everett. And Joseph is a highest-level Patreon supporter, a mysterious master of the society, and him picking that episode is a reward. Uh, and he also uh, wrote uh, very nice uh, things in the intro about his relationship with the Shadow and Old Time Radio and why he chose this in honor of his grandfather, and it was lovely. And um, it's really hard for you, Joseph, to uh, screw up picking the shadow. <laughs> but you did it. No. no. <laughs> Not at all. Not at all. We're all very excited, especially uh, when you pick the Orson Welles era of the shadow, which is the best. So this is just a big, giant love fest coming your way. I think, unless Tim's got something. Because I know it's going to be a lot of love and a lot of praise. So I'll start with the one thing, the little bit of criticism of the world that has the shadow in it clearly has to have the shadow because the police are so dumb. <laughs> like, yes. If you take just a little step of, hey, his brother was a sharpshooter. <laughs> Maybe we should we'll put it that. together pretty quickly. <laughs> I will say this. This particular episode has a lot of loopholes <laughs> that I am going to back right. <laughs> that I'm going to clear up Like for the you. governor was really depressed and mm, just... So many things. Like just want someone to shoot me in a parade. Yes. <laughs> right. I'm going to have a parade today, even though there's no reason for the parade. 
<laughs> We're going to have a parade. And I've been told well, three people have been killed so far. Should probably stay inside till this guy's caught. Nope, parade. Parade it is. Yeah, there's a lot of that. There's Having so many things. I said that there. myself, like, wow, this is so much fun. Yeah, it's super fun. Mainly because Orson's shadow has so much humanity and struggles with certain he's not infallible and he's such a dick. <laughs> <laughs> he's just he, revenge is a deal. And let's start with this. He establishes that he can uh, make you do things with his brain, right? So instead of telling you, hey, I'm controlling your brain right now, and what you're going to do is you're going to put down that gun, you're going to climb down this tower, and you're going to oh, yeah. give yourself... Instead, you're going to hold on to that grenade. <laughs> hold it tight. Why? Oh, remember when you tried to blow me up? <laughs> That's what it seems like to me. Mm -hmm. Like it's yep. revenge. Because he could have done it. If you can control someone's brain that convincingly, then you can make him do anything. And instead, you have him hold the grenade. <laughs> His powers are very vague in this, in all fairness. He has vague mental powers uh, that he can read bits and pieces of people's minds. Not very clearly. He always struggles. He's always describing himself slowly picking out bits and pieces of the criminal's thoughts. Like when he's talking to Joseph, Joseph in the show, not Joseph, our patron. Because <laughs> if you hear the shadow's voice, Joseph, you need to seek help right away. <laughs> and throw a grenade. <laughs> no, hold on to the grenade, Joseph. <laughs> hold it tightly. <laughs> and I also, maybe I'm backfilling, but I felt by the time the shadow got up to him, he'd already pulled the pin. And because of where they were, if he did anything else but hold on to that grenade, it was going to kill people below. So you'd think that was pulled the whole time. Doesn't yeah, the shadow doesn't argument. tell him to pull the pin. No. And the shadow is trying to save the people below. Because right. they say that his rifle falls in front of the governor's car. So he is right on top of the parade and right. the governor. No, I get that all time. that. So if he didn't hold on to that grenade, uh, it would have been dropped or could have been dropped. But that is then also possibly the argument of... If he holds on to it in the right way, it won't go off. So he's trying to get him to hold on to it so it won't go off? But you have to Maybe. be in mind, the Shadow's playing it safe at this point because he has failed to save so many people this episode. <laughs> that is... the city is massacred before he manages to find this guy. Yep. I read it as, oh, okay, Shadow, here's another grenade for you. Oh, no, no, I'm going to control your mind. And uh, you're going to hold on to that until you blow up. Oh, the shadow is 100% saving the people below when he has I him hold on like to that revenge. grenade. He is... I, well, I don't take it as revenge because he is so sympathetic toward Danny. I mean, I, I take it, hold on to the grenade to make sure it doesn't fall below is given either way. But is it, I want you to hold on to the grenade to make sure that you're the one who blows up or hold on to it for as long as you can to make sure it doesn't explode. And then when he finally can't hold it any longer, it goes off. See, because isn't there a type of grenade when you pull the pin, no matter what, you have 10 seconds? Um, in most cartoons, yes. See, I don't know how grenades well, like, work. I think, and I, we all get in the weeds here pretty quickly, but for <laughs> yes. the grenades that would be around at the time, I'm going to use my hands here, which is useless in a podcast, but you pull the lever in just a little bit to get some slack on the pin to pull the pin out, mm -hmm. and then let go so it flips up, mm -hmm. and that's what arms it. Right. And then you have like 10 seconds. So he's either holding on to it to make sure that it's the lever's gone and it's going to blow up and I'm going to die, or I'm holding the lever in that was used to be used to have the the pin holding it in place. Right. This is not the discussion I thought we were going to have. No, me neither. <laughs> it's fascinating though because I was convinced it was just the pins pulled. You have ten seconds. He was going to throw it on the people below, and the shadow forced him to hold on to it till I he blew up. I think that is the reading of this: is that it's too late to do anything else, and the shadow is willing to let Danny blow himself up it's he's, true he's pretty sympathetic he's him. pretty Very empathetic yeah absolutely you're right this is an anti-war piece yeah and it's interesting because it is what 1938 yeah so by 1939 when the nazis invade poland, poland the right. country is going to be engulfed in this debate of whether they, or not to they are engulfed now in 38 not like they are when Germany gets into Poland, then it skyrockets, and then there's a divide in this country of should we get involved or shouldn't we? I don't think this is necessarily specifically anti-war as much as sympathy for or trying to help people who come back who can't right. assimilate back into society. I'm going to argue that with you, that I right. believe it's anti-war in the sense that I believe what they're saying in here is 
we're all responsible because we look look what yeah. we're doing everybody look what happens and you, these guys come back they're not going to be okay so what are we doing we got he's not arguing for a more expansive veterans administration to handle these guys. He's directly critiquing war. the mentality of war that we expect that we can go train people to kill and mm-hmm. then have them come back and have that not permanently affect them. Right. This is about as political as I've ever Correct. heard any episode of The Shadow. I would have to think that this was still controversial mm-hmm. when it was aired in 1930. Well, I was also struck by listening to the because the last Shadow we listened to. Oh. Started out with, oh, there's bombings in the city of how, to a contemporary ear, that is just horrifying. That is mm-hmm. so viscerally monstrous. Mm-hmm. And that in this, it's similarly like, there's a sharpshooter killing people. Mm-hmm. From a tower. Yeah. That means something very different. Maybe it meant the same thing then of just like, no, that's awful. <laughs> right. That but happens it, and it's awful. But it means more now, I think, because of how often it's happened. From yeah, it's a, the political Dallas discourse to is, Kent State to lots of things is recently. Really heightened. You were saying that this was controversial for 1938. What he was saying, well, what I, I thought mean, was, I don't think it was like scandalous no. by any means, but people would have heard it and disagreed. I guess correct. What I thought was interesting is this is definitely not something that would have been said post-war. They're definitely not on a piece of mainstream entertainment. Exactly. Uh, no, that's like what I'm shadow. saying. Instead, you know, these men are heroes. Mm-hmm. Let's take care of them. Let's get yeah. back. That kind of message was out there yeah. a lot. But it's not just the war with the shadow. As we pointed out at the top of this, or Tim did, the shadow has no fear to uh, portray the cops as bumbling fools. Mm-hmm. Right? The shadow is generally critical of everyone else but himself. <laughs> mm-hmm. And that used to be a little more common. Uh, like, if you ever go back and read the original Hardy Boys... They were rewritten in the late 40s and early 50s. The original Hardy Boy books were much more anti-establishment. This may be too strong of a word, but they <laughs> made fun of the police. They stole stuff. They were more like this. Bowery of, Boys? Yeah, they were more like this 30s <laughs> material. And then they rewrote it all to be more um, pro-social mm-hmm. in the 50s. And all the Hardy Boys books we're really familiar with, mm-hmm. you know, they work with the cops and it's very law and order mm-hmm. and golly gee whiz. And so The Shadow had that transformation to be a much, much lighter fare. Or when it did get dark, it was really weird, pulpy, science fiction darkness like the gibbering things which is horrifying but it's not any real world situation we have to worry about (laughs) we hope speaking of uh dark you know i thought he had him holding the grenade as revenge but we cannot argue that a woman was killed in front of her child Mm -hmm. (laughs) mommy you okay wow (laughs) wow they did not pull pull punches punches, man this was crazy intense and i loved the use of the silencer it Mm -hmm. showcases the power of silence in radio which Mm -hmm. seems counterintuitive yeah and people just get murdered one after the other which let me back up is an interesting structure because we're 10 minutes in and the shadow has read the mind of uh, the brother who's about to go to the electric chair finds out the whole plan and it's like oh the story must be over he knows it's Danny. He's going to go get him. But the shadow can't, can't find, him. find him. Yeah. Which again goes back to that infallible hero. I don't think later shadows would just keep not finding this guy as person after person Nobody dies. would have died in later shadows. He would have... I wouldn't go that far, but you'd have your initial murder that maybe he misses. Yeah. But you wouldn't have the body count here. Presumably, if he's Nor would it be a killing, mother in front of a child. Yeah, if he's killing the judge... We've had a lapsed time. I'm assuming he's torn through all 12 jurors by the time we, <laughs> we get to the judge. Because right. he had them assigned for each day. And yeah. the longer it went, he would go higher up until finally the day he's electrocuted, he's going to shoot the governor. In the parade that he's yeah. decided to have. <laughs> I'm going to get shot day parade. <laughs> um, but even that, they're pretty flip about. There's a line uh, when the shadow thinks he's going to find Danny at his mother's house. And has this plan, or very loose plan. Margot says, you know, what if he's not there? What if he's somewhere else? And Lamont <laughs> says, then we'll have a new governor of this state. <laughs> I don't necessarily feel responsible for saving these people. I'm just trying. Yeah, he doesn't have a self-esteem problem. <laughs> There's a couple of really great lines, and some of it is that political stuff we were talking about. But when Danny says, all right, Joe, what about the fellow I can't see? Is he dead? Like all my buddies in the war, the ones that talk to me in the dark? Wow. Yeah. Yeah. They also don't back off depicting the brother's mother as just a broken oh, woman. Oh, it's right. Like nothing matters anymore. Yeah, come on in. What do I care? 
Here's to, another great. I'm sorry. I was just going to transition into some less awful topics. I'm just continually fascinated by the the Shadow Margo relationship. Of like, you're going to go for this thing? I'll give you a ride. Like she's <laughs> going to drop him off at a at, at a crime. You take care of that, and I'll go pick up some groceries. And <laughs> she gets a little more proactive during some of the Orson Welles yeah. era. But yeah, she's just around for moral support. But even that, she's usually pointing out a flaw, though, in a lot of these Orson Welles, like when she says, you know, what if he's not there? So maybe the Shadow's just being annoyed by Margot when he says, well, I guess we'll just have to have a new governor then. Will you leave me alone? <laughs> right. What do you want me to do? And the, the other thing was, it all makes perfect sense, but it did end in the Shadow tossed a grenade out a window into just some random place outside. <laughs> That'd be an awful way to die. Right. Hand grenade from nowhere. There's another plot point that made me a little nuts that I couldn't backfill. He's got a map. He's looking for <laughs> a tower along the parade route somewhere. There's, there's got to be a tower. And she says, the Wardman's Tower? He goes, aha, yeah, that one. Like, how many towers, or how did you miss that, the I, Wardman Tower? I listened tower. to it a second time and figured, oh, because it's not open yet, he didn't, either was it on the map, or he didn't think about it. Yeah, it I'll give him under that. construction. Way to backfill, I like nice. it. Because Margot think... has seen it while she's been driving Lamont right. around. <laughs> Tower on the parade you want to route. Up front, oh, honey. <laughs> no. Here's another great line in this, by the way. Uh, when the shadow says to Joseph, "So you weren't expecting me, and yet prisons are filled with shadows. Shadows in the minds of men walking in the shadow of death itself." Yeah. Uh, I love that line. <laughs> yeah. What do you mean when you weren't shadows where you're going? Right. Yeah. <laughs> this doesn't feel as much like a kid show as later. No, this, do at well, all. none of these Orson Welles do. And it's why I love them so much. They're intense and they don't pull any punches. And this one has a few more loopholes in it, but uh, we're backfilling these pretty well, so I'm good. <laughs> There's also this weird moment that's different from later Shadows because he has these mind powers. Uh, we are introduced to Danny having a discussion in the prison with Joseph, mm -hmm. and we learn a lot of the plan. And then Danny leaves, and immediately the Shadow shows up. Now, yes. my assumption from listening to other episodes of The Shadow <laughs> is he's been there the whole time right. and he's been eavesdropping. But in this version, he must have just farcically passed Danny and didn't hear any of it because then we get a whole other scene. Politely waiting for him to leave. <laughs> yeah. That's what I was thinking is that weren't you just there? Didn't you just hear all this? Yeah. I wonder if later writers just felt like Superman that maybe the Shadow had too many powers and that some of these scenes were redundant. If he's invisible, he could just eavesdrop, which is what the Shadow always does. He's mm -hmm. just sitting in the room quietly. That was another part of the story. That was, when it became clear of, listen for the Shadow, throw the grenade where the Shadow's going to be. But he can't shut himself up. He just can't make himself not talk. <laughs> <laughs> You'd well, be fine if you just close your mouth for a few minutes. It's not so much an indictment on the shadow as it is Orson Welles. <laughs> <laughs> it's Orson that can't shut up. And another thing that's great about me. <laughs> Here's oh, we're the politics of this. Yes, individually they're innocent, Margo. Individually they're all innocent and yet all guilty because this, Danny, Joe Becker's brother, is a product of our own folly, teaching men to kill in time of war, yet expecting them to respect life in time of peace. That's pretty anti-war sentiment. And it's interesting that conversation comes out of Margo trying to argue a different point of view, where mm -hmm. she's saying, well, yeah, I know it's society's fault, but the judge and the jury were innocent, and the shadow's like, not so fast, Marco. <laughs> right, they're just doing their job. Yeah. Part of me reads this as the shadow starts this conversation after everybody keeps being murdered. Mm -hmm. There's almost a way to interpret this that he's just trying to pass the buck because he cannot <laughs> find them. Because uh, this is this interlude scene well, when Danny's working some stuff out. <laughs> and he never shares his information about Danny with the police. The police know nothing. They're like, this rifle fell out of the sky. They have no information, which means the shadow never got help finding Danny. Also and that might be a, the a, police never left the police station. <laughs> or asked any <laughs> pertinent questions. Yes. But I don't know if that's ego or the mistrust of the police, but I can't help but think he might have been able to find Danny if it were like a citywide manhunt with all the police involved instead of one, right. this, de this is on one him, depressed, man. invisible person. <laughs> going, <laughs> Danny in here? <laughs> Just going from room to room the entire house city. House to house. Uh, all right. See, let's throw this out there, Tim. Vote on this. It is... 
difficult to rate Shadow classics. Um, there are some that are really clearly classic, and this is a great Shadow episode. I don't know if I would say it's the one you must listen to, but it's awesome. But it's very much in the same vein as these other Orson Welles ones we've heard, which we loved so much. Stands the test of time and is probably the classic. Yeah, I'd definitely say it's a classic, and it also is has just so much historical stuff in it. I mean, you could argue it's not representative of what the shadow is, um, but that's often what a classic is, that weird quality of fans that their favorite episodes of something are the thing that's the least like the rest of it. Right. Which begs the question, why do you like the rest of it? Uh, <laughs> right. But there's something about that that draws nerds to it. I'm not going to call it a classic. It is in the era of my favorite shadows. I enjoyed it a lot. I like all of the Orson Welles shadows. It's distinctly... Mm, there are some dreadful Orson right. Welles shadows. We are cherry-picking them yep, in I all know. fairness. But it's distinctly uh, horrifying and real and fallible, and I had a lot of fun. Not a classic, uh, but I, I will give it this distinction. It is historically significant because of the anti-war sentiment. It is very interesting to hear... Danny Bicker was an enemy of a society killer, but only because you and I and countless of thousands made him one. Words like that in this make it extremely Have a great day. <laughs> All right. Show up for jury duty. <laughs> It'll probably be fine. Tim, tell him stuff. Please go visit ghoulishdelights.com, home of this podcast. Other episodes are there. It's also a great way to get a hold of us if you want to leave a comment, make a request of some show you'd like us to listen to. Um, and there's information about our live shows there, other little bits and bobs of whatever I put on there. You can also go to patreon.com slash the morals and join these other amazing Patreon supporters like Joseph and David and you might one day be on this podcast or make us say the things you want us to say <laughs> for once. Um, you can also go to iTunes and write a review. We love that. You can also go to uh, Facebook and join our discussion group, the Mysterious Old Radio Listening Group. Uh, so check that out as well. Also, I want to let you know about the Mysterious Old Radio Listening Society.com. That is a website where links to all of this is available, let's say can be served as a main hub but also if you're interested in seeing any of our live performances there's a, a page on there that shows where we're performing in and around the twin cities area where we do recreations theatrical recreations of uh, old-time radio shows uh what's coming up next uh, next week we are going to be listening to an episode of quiet please um requested by david it is called quiet please until then you told me to throw the grenade! Yes, of course! The holy hand grenade of Antioch. It is one of the sacred relics Brother Maynard carries with him. Brother Maynard, bring up the holy hand grenade! Oh, my God! <laughs> All right, I managed to pick up the grenade and throw it through the window into the court before it exploded.